0: My guest today is Dave Pearson. Dave's the Executive Vice President and Chief Information Officer of Sykes, a leading provider of multi-channel demand generation and customer engagement services. In his role, Dave's responsible for all the infrastructure, networks, applications, and information security for the company on a global basis. Dave's been with the company in a variety of roles for more than two decades. In this interview, we discuss an overview of Sykes, including its portfolio capabilities and the company's partner network, as well as Sykes Digital. We also discuss Dave's purview as CIO and the one-team platform the company developed to support its work-at-home agents. We also cover why the company has had a virtual structure for many of its employees since before the pandemic and the learnings from that. Lastly, we discuss Dave's take on the cloud and artificial intelligence and a variety of other topics. Before we get to our interview, I wanted to introduce you to our sponsor, Zoho and the company's president, Timothy Casby. Prior to taking on his current role, he was the chief information officer of a number of companies, including Reliance Industries, Sears, Intrexon, and the Warehouse Group. He's now at Zoho, a most unusual enterprise software company, and wanted to share some perspectives from it. Timothy, take it away.
1: Peter, today we mourn the passing of Dr. Joy Thomas, who left us last week. Joy was a legend during his student days at IIT Madras and at Stanford University, where he did his PhD Under Professor Tom Cover. Joy's great contribution to engineering was collaborating on a book along with Dr. Cover on the topic of information theory. An idea originally proposed by Claude Shannon in 1948 to find fundamental limits of signal processing and communication operations such as data compression in a landmark paper titled A Mathematical Theory of Communication. It is now the basis for understanding every type of communication network from wireless. Optical and wired, tens of thousands of PhD students have learned information theory from his book After Stanford, Joy joined IBM Research and later did two successful startups in Silicon Valley, Stratify and Insight One, and worked till his passing as data scientist at Google. More importantly, to us, Joy was the brother of Tony Thomas, co-founder of Zoho, and Joy also was an angel investor in Zoho. We mourn his death along with his wife and two children.
0: Thanks, Timothy. And now on to the interview. Dave Pearson, welcome to Technovation. Great to see you today. Thanks, Peter. Nice to be here. Excellent. Dave, um, I wanted to begin with your, uh, your company and your role. You're the Executive Vice President and Chief Information Officer of Sykes Enterprises. And, and for those uh, who may be listening who may not be so familiar with it, I wonder if you could just take a quick moment and give an overview of Sykes' business.
2: Sure. Sykes is a uh, customer experience management company. I guess you could think of us as being like a a digital BPO. We provide services to to large companies who are uh, interested in a portfolio services. Engagement services is our primary business. We have 58,000 people in 20 countries providing multi-channel customer care, multi-language. We also have a performance marketing group. That uh, will find and onboard consumers for our for our brands, uh, and that includes in all of the development of the websites, the search engine optimization, and onboarding customers through sales processes. We have a, a Sykes Digital group which does intelligent automation. We have a portfolio of insight services where we'll analyze and provide information and insight to, uh, uh, with regard to customer uh, engagements and then we have robotic process automation you know cobots chatbots etc and and the, we also do content optimization we uh, we develop marketing sales and service content we make it findable with search engine optimization we make it consumable and relevant so that portfolio of capabilities comes together to create a partnership with our clients to transform uh, their uh, customer care organizations
0: that's a great overview. Thank you, Dave. And talk a bit about your purview as chief information officer.
2: My uh, purview, I have uh, all infrastructure and networks and applications and information security for the company on a global basis. And then my team, uh, both IT and IS, will partner with Sites Digital to bring uh, solutions to our customers uh, as far as... Uh, Professional services and whatnot, but our 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 base capabilities and uh, what we do is to enable the business for uh, both uh, all of our brands and that we have, and also our customers.
0: Yeah, talk a bit about. Can you talk a bit about um, just sort of size and scale of your team as well, um, and and also how broadly distributed that team is? Uh, Does it fully reflect the kind of twenty countries that you operate in, and the the various aspects of the business that you just described?
2: Yes, we have uh, IT employees in, in every country, uh, every location. We also have several virtual uh, uh, employees. That would be the engineers and architects and programmers. We have probably about uh, eight hundred worldwide, and um, we are in. We probably have a large uh, contingency in the United States and. Western Europe, and we also have uh, quite a few programmers and developers in offshore locations.
0: Got it. Interesting. And I want to talk a bit more about that intersection between how IT and IS partners with Sykes Digital, as you mentioned. Uh Talk so many of the things that you described in terms of the areas of focus of of that part of the organization, among others that that you that you um, offered in terms of the description of the business more generally speaking, certainly translates into a very tech savvy, tech oriented organization and one that seems to be writing uh, and even driving uh, uh, some of the key trends of the day. Can you talk a little bit about uh, that 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 union, that partnership, as well as some of the fruit of it, um, some of the areas that you and your team are getting involved in?
2: Sure. We, um, as I said, our job is to enable the business at a large scale. So we're working with uh, you know the the platforms and the engagement platforms, the networks, and when we we also have the ability to provide the the platforms to run operations, workforce management, quality systems, etc. Mm-hmm. And uh, Sykes Digital is th- their primary focus is to be consultative in nature, which means what are, what are the opportunities, what are the challenges that, that the, our clients have, how can they help? I mean, we are basically an extension of our clients' uh, enterprise, right? So we're we're here to partner. We're here to Help them accelerate their transformations their uh, and maximize the investments they've made in platforms. And so, uh, Sykes Digital will will partner with uh, other companies, RPA companies, and uh, you know, speech analytics companies, and various other uh, providers of, of software and platforms to deliver these transformation services. You know, how do you bring in intelligent automation in the front office, back office? How do you do compliance monitoring? You know, how do you do? Uh, uh, how do you build experiences and improve experiences with this technology? So, my team is is enabling the interactions, and we're building a set of of capabilities to collect what we call digital exhaust. And so, we're looking at what are, what are the nature of these conversations, these interactions, uh, what. Where are the process artifacts? How do we look at what's happening at the desktop level, and how do we provide this information and then apply some machine learning and some analytics around that to provide these this basis for these insight services, right? And these insight services are, are, are some of them are embedded into operations. Uh, you know, you're looking at how do I improve coaching and, and training, and so you're looking at uh, the exact capability and interaction of an individual and what they need to be coached on and what kind of training do they need so you can pick up a lot of a lot of that by building these these maps Um, you know you have journey maps which is what Sykes Digital would do then you have process maps that's that's looking at the uh, the overall process Sykes Digital will do that in a in a traditional way and then you've got dialogue maps dialogue maps are are somewhat new Uh, that's understanding the nature of a conversation and optimizing that conversation to to uh, have the proper outcomes for both the consumer and our agent and uh, we have partners uh, like excel technologies in chicago they build what are called cobots that is a part of the portfolio that Sykes digital would help deliver and they're looking at the nature of the dialogue so you're you're talking about collecting clickstream data off of websites and desktops, you're collecting transcriptions in the conversations, and you're building these maps. These maps become the the prototypes to to improve experiences. And so uh, my team is helping build that pipeline to build those maps, to uh, feed that into Sykes Digital and our partner network, and also provide those maps to our clients to help them understand how to improve experiences.
0: Very interesting. And talk a bit about. Um, it strikes me that you probably have the opportunity to leverage some of these uh, services uh, as as the company's customer of your uh, on your own as well, uh, drinking the company's champagne, so to say. Um, can you talk about the extent to which you and your team get involved, almost as another customer would, in order to draw insights and perhaps to improve the offering uh, at the same time? Yes.
2: Yeah, so, so, for example. Um, Let's just look at, at COVID, um, what, what's happened with COVID is it's like every enterprise was in an accident and got T-boned in an intersection and the car's damaged, you're off on the side of the road and you're trying to figure out how to get back on the road. So you're doing minor repairs, building VPN networks, connecting people back remotely from home, but you're, you're thinking through this and going, I, I've, I've lost visibility. Uh, I'm worried about uh, employee engagement. So how do I reconnect? How do I, how do I get that platform to, to reconnect? So we've, we have a, a platform called One Team we built for our work at home agents. And, you know, we had a certain percentage of agents working from home already, but this platform was, was built to support uh, work from home, not brick and mortar. So now we have all these brick and mortar. Uh, employees working together, collaborating in these buildings, and they're no longer able to do that. So we deployed the work at home platform, which allows you to to have these virtual teams collaborate and, and connect and and understand uh, how to work together. And then we had to go through a you know a, a large training exercise to get the brick and mortar folks up to speed. I mean, we moved like most companies. I mean, we moved twenty five thousand of our employees to work at home in seven days in March. I mean, that's that's pretty disruptive. Mm-hmm. And you now are are blind in some respects if you have not been used to operating like that. So we, we bring that platform in that allows us to now connect people, collaborate. Um, you can, you've got these uh, virtual meeting capabilities, you've got chat, you've got, uh, you can monitor activity and state, but we're also able to collect that digital exhaust. So. You collect that activity, you look at the, the collaboration that the teams are having and the outcomes and the outputs from those uh, interactions, and then, you say, and then you start looking at, okay, how do I build the insight services? How do I, how do I take this and analyze the interactions? How do I look at performance? Uh, uh, which agents are, are struggling with certain types of call types or interactions? How do I look at compliance? I mean, you're no longer in the building together, and you have to make sure that all processes are compliant. And so we get the we get this clickstream data, and we're now building these models to find out uh, is everyone doing the proper thing around uh, data, you know? And so all this comes together to allow us to be to have a, a, a an agent that is more proficient, faster. We know uh how to collaborate remotely uh and work as a team now that we're not in the same building. We can focus on how to improve training and coaching because we're 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 able to see what's going on at a very detailed level with this uh with these platforms and this and this data. So that that's good for us, but that's also good for our clients. Uh, and so then we would focus internally on How do we augment, uh, do human augmentation of our teams using this insight? And our our fundamentals are, you know, hiring, coaching, training, development, uh, quality assurance, compliance monitoring. So we focus on developing those capabilities internally for our engagement services. But it also applies to intelligent automation. You know, how can I improve? How can I automate a process now that I've measured and monitored the process? Let's bring in front office automation. How can I do an agent assist? How can I make the agent more productive uh, with a, with its own kind of robot, so to speak? Uh, single pane of glass, chat bots, cobots, virtual assistants, you know, visual IDRs, just the whole portfolio goes from there, yep. but it starts with these maps, right? What, what is going on in the interaction? what is going on with the interaction of the systems and our what is the experience of the of the consumer
0: very interesting you know, as I re- was reflecting, Dave, on your description of the business at the outset of our conversation and this whole notion of the digital BPO, the emphasis on areas like search engine optimization, intelligent automation, RPA, chatbots, content optimization, just to name a few of the things that you ran through and have continued to talk about uh, in this conversation. You've been with this organization for 23 years, and I can only imagine that when you joined the things you've you've uh, described as the nature of the business and areas of focus were not then, and so I'm curious because so much of it is modern, so much of it is reflective of where uh, business and technology and digital innovation is going, as opposed to where it was a couple decades ago. Can you talk a bit about that, uh, at least in brief, about uh, that th- that growth uh, in terms of the offering, in terms of mindset. Uh, and that evolution of the company that you have seen uh, across the more than two decades with the organization.
2: I mean it's it's been it's been dramatic and it's accelerating. Um, the things that we're able to do today because of cloud computing and because of machine learning and big data and just the the platforms, the ability to have these flexible. Uh, Cloud-based platforms, you know, internet first, cloud first of mentality is accelerating everything. But if you look at the transformation that's going on in in customer care or you know engaging with the with the consumer, it's really it's really about I call it a, a it's a shifting agency to the consumer. And so, if you look at an agent, you would hire an agent to represent you, right? And so, for example. My son's a professional baseball player. So he has an agent. He needs an agent because it's complex. You have contracts. you got league rules, lawyers, medical teams. And so that's not something you can handle by yourself. But a consumer, consumer doesn't have an agent. Consumer acts as their own agent. And what happened with call centers from the very beginning, they called them call center agents because the agent, the call center agent really was an agent of the brand. Representing the brand, supporting the brand, but they acted as a dual agent, like a dual agency in a, like a real estate transaction. And so you basically delegated your agency to the call center agent if you were a consumer. But when everything starts to change and you've got, you've got websites and self help and uh, mobile applications and you've got social networks, agency is starting to shift back to the consumer. It, it is some brands it's shifted quite a bit which incru- improves the uh, customer experience It it optimizes the business it deepens the relationships and the value creation for both the consumer and the brand but not all not all brands are there yet but this technology and this shifting of this agency of the consumer where the consumer is now more knowledgeable more self-sufficient uh things are convenient and Transparent and fast and flexible. That that's the journey, right? How do you get it to be Amazon-like? How do you how do you get that experience to where it you you're well connected with the brand, but you don't have to be you don't have to have your hand held throughout all the transactions. So that's the shift, and that's what's happening now. And that was very difficult to do back when we had toll free numbers and. We had uh, an ACD in every single brick and mortar call center and there were no websites. I mean, it's, it's just, it's just exciting to see what's happening. Then you bring in the digital exhaust, you bring in the machine learning, you bring in artificial intelligence and that agency continues to shift. You'll, you'll, you'll end up thinking about a consumer having its own artificial intelligence or some kind of way to help it represent itself. I mean, I'm, I'm taking it to the, to the far future, but it—it's that shift. It's that—it's how—how does the consumer and the brand have a better relationship? Because there's there's someone looking out for each party.
0: Yeah, very interesting. You also alluded earlier, Dave, to the fact that you have. Virtual employees all over the world, uh, not everyone is uh, is ensconced in an office, for example, and that 's pre covid uh, that 's the way in which your model operated, which strikes me you know for a lot of people, this is relatively new obviously it 's new even to you on this scale of so many people uh, um, such a preponderance of people at one time operating from home but i know that part of the concern that some people have in weighing whether or not to return to the office um you know what percentage of staff do so what requirements there will be is partially how do you develop a culture virtually how do you onboard people effectively if they are not near one's colleagues and don't have the ability to you know over a cup of coffee uh, or a lunch or the impromptu meeting as they are gathered in the lobby or something like that that those Those opportunities are perhaps non-existent, at least for for a lot of their experience with the organization. As someone who has led a team uh, much longer than most, that is at least partially virtual, I wonder what lessons you have for those who have some consternation in contemplating a future where perhaps a larger percentage of people um, are, in fact, onboarded and indeed do most of their work virtually and outside of an office setting.
2: I think we well, we've, we've had quite a bit of experience with that since we 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 acquired a uh, work at home company and we they basically had one corporate facility but that was it and they were hiring people virtually never never really even connected people together face to face but they were very well connected through the platform that they built so we we have, we embraced that technology and that became our one team platform. And we've been doing video conferencing for, for 10 years. We built our own platform, kind of a, with some high definition, high definition codecs and whatnot, because we have this, this global company and we're supporting brands of, uh, around the world. So we, we've embraced video conferencing for a long time. Now with Zoom, we've been a Zoom customer for probably six, six seven years. Zoom is very powerful to be able to create those connections, but it doesn't replace the need for that social interaction, that, that face-to-face. And so we've surveyed our our employees and many of them want to retain some level of work at home post-COVID. They Very few of them, of them want 100% work at home. They want a little bit of a mix. And so we're going to combine and continue on with the virtual meetings and uh, and the, the traditional things we've been doing, but we're also rethinking our real estate. What does it mean for an office environment? You know, uh, does everyone need a cubicle or an office? We're, 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 we're surveying and finding out that probably not. They need collaboration spaces. They want to come in one, two, three days a week. If uh, Post COVID, but they also want the flexibility to work at home. So we're rethinking what that means, and uh, and we've been very effective at at running our business without a lot of travel. And so uh, you know, face to face meetings and getting on planes, it's it's been surprising how effective we've, we've been without that. So I think that's going to be a somewhat of a new normal too. Is what about travel? How are we going to be thinking about that? So uh, we. We're doing really well. It's uh, everyone feels connected. There's a little bit of disconnect with the uh, the agent uh, population because they went home for the first time, you know. Uh, whereas some of the GNA employees have been, uh, you know, doing flex work for a while. But uh, it's uh, there. There will be a new normal for us based on our conversations with our clients, and we uh, we think we we know what the right mix is, and we're pretty excited about it.
0: That's excellent. As you look to the future, we've already talked about a number of uh, trends that you and the organization are focused on and actually include as part of your offering. I uh, wanted to return to sort of more generally speaking, other trends as you look to the future that you and the team are particularly excited about are, and are starting to make their way onto your roadmap.
2: Are you talking about technologies or?
0: Yeah, for example, technology. And although not necessarily limited to that, if it's a process change or even people-centric uh, uh, trend that you find exciting, so I shouldn't say necessarily technology, but but uh, but perhaps that'll be where you go.
2: Well, we we are excited about the emergence of this these cloud engagement platforms. I mean, I'm not talking about a cloud contact center or a you know a phone service. I'm I'm talking about a real rich Platform that you can interact with your, you know, systems of record that are cloud-based, you now you know, you, inter, you interact with these this this I guess you'd call it multi-channel, omni-channel platform, but it's a very rich environment. It's very elastic. It's it's built to to work well all over the internet. You know, uh, if you're delivering voice or, or chat interactions, and it's got a rich Microservices environment or API environment. So you can do these integrations. A lot of the, a lot of the cool innovation that's going to be coming out are going to be algorithms from AI companies, right? But if you, if you look at how do you apply that and you try to apply that into the voice stream or even into various chat platforms, there's somewhat of a walled garden type Barrier, right, and so we think that's going to break down. There's going to be more openness, and there's going to it's going to unleash some of this innovation. There's pent up demand to do a lot of stuff right now, but it's just the technical debt that that all companies have uh, to get into these these front office services and these engagement, you know, voice and, and, and communication channels, the integration and the just the compliance components around it are slowing things down so i'm excited about that opening up and allowing us to go faster because we we have capabilities that we struggle to deliver to certain clients because of of our infrastructure their infrastructure their partner's infrastructure and i think all that's going to to get a lot better quickly So, so i'm excited about that for sure
0: very interesting um, I, I, by the time uh, this broadcast, this will be roughly the 494th or 95th uh, podcast that we've done. So I've spoken to an, a great number of technology executives, though I believe the first time that I'm speaking to one, as you alluded to earlier, there's the father of a major league baseball player, uh, your, your, your son, uh, Nate was selected in the first round of the 2017 major league baseball draft by the Toronto blue Jays and made his debut this year first of all congratulations uh and and I I, I I I'm so thrilled by that by that i a whole notion of a family member who's in major league baseball I'm not exactly even sure what to ask you except that what is it like uh, to see your son uh, on a on a major league uh on a major league mound uh, uh, this year
2: it's it's really hard to explain I mean obviously we we could not be in the stands to see it, right. so we, we we had that virtual uh, experience that everyone's going through now. But that sense of pride and that just you just really just cannot believe it. It's just like, is this really happening? You know. And then um, and it, it it's really hard to explain, but it was it was one of the most memorable experiences I've ever had and probably ever will have. And yeah. you know, just to be overwhelmed with pride and excitement and happiness and. So you have all these emotions that are going around in cycles. So it was great. And, uh, he's, he, you know, he did really well on his debut and he just wrapped up his season against the, uh, Tampa Bay Rays and threw uh, two innings, five strikeouts, uh, six batters total. It was, it was, a, it was dominant. So that's, that's great. See what happens next year.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully next year you'll be in the stands for more of those games and it'll be safe to do so. <laughs> yes.
2: Yes. Actually, we, we were in the stands for that last one because we oh. had uh, some family members in there, and, like it was strange. We're in the stadium, and there's like 200 people in the entire stadium that mm-hmm. would hold 60,000, and it was just a surreal experience, but that was great. People would be there at least for one of the games.
0: That's wonderful. Well, congratulations to you and to him. And and Dave, uh, thank you so much for joining me today. Dave Pearson, it's been a great conversation. Great to learn more about all that Sykes does, the role that uh, your technology team plays in enabling uh, many of the aspects that you've described. Uh, It's been a really nice conversation.
2: Thanks, Peter. Enjoyed it.
0: Thanks for tuning in. Please join me on Monday when my guest will be Don Weinstein, the Chief Product and Technology Officer at ADP.